Here's another exclusive interview with EPMD's Eric Sermon on Take It Personal Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a legend. We have one of the greatest dual threats, double threats in all of hip-hop. He has, I don't know, like five, six, seven different aliases, E-Double, Green Eye Bandit, Eric Onassis, MC Grand Royal, but most of you guys know him <laughs> as Eric fucking Sermon. What's Woo-hoo! up, man? Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Dope. Double it's threat. Crazy that, okay, yo, that's the one you missed out. Rockwall in the studio the other day was like, yo, Eric, man, yo, you got five aliases. And I was like, and the funk lord I forgot yeah. it about. Yeah. And it's one crazy. time in Muddy Waters, Redman called himself the MC Grand Warrior. I'm like, I never told him about that. I wonder why he called himself that in that rhyme. <laughs> it's crazy. You and Cool Keith battled out for like the most aliases in hip hop, I think. Oh, no. Cool Keep got 37 aliases. <laughs> <laughs> the more, the better. The more, the better. As I said in the intro, man, you are one of the greatest double threats. I mean, Diamond, Dre, Quick, Pro, Havoc, RZA, you. I mean, it, it is, again, like I, I told you before we went on air, this is, it's an honor and a privilege. And, and let's get into it. Brothers from Brentwood, how did you guys connect? Take us back to that. I lived in the north side of Brentwood, which is called um, Ruiz's Park, where um, that side, Paris said that too, we was more advanced. We had DJs, we had rappers, we had break dancers, we had dudes who did graffiti. So we was kind of advanced on that side as far as, um, you know, hip hop. Because once hip hop came, as far as, you know, hearing, you know, those records from back then, you know, because I we only heard. Don't forget, for those young people on the phone, <laughs> rap only came on one hour at nighttime on the weekend. So, Real late. Mm-hmm. So it was either Red Alert or, or you had, you know, Mr. Magic. It wasn't that much time that we had, but when it did come on, you know, that's how we heard the record. So um, back in I forgot what year it was, but my on that side of the Brentwood, our house we got rat infested. The rats were eating up the basement, and we was wondering where this dirt was coming from. And they was you no, know, because the neighborhood was dope. But for some reason, the rats chose my house to tear up. You know what I mean? And um, so um, they tore the basement to pieces, and they started coming inside the crib. You know, and so um, we end up moving to my grandmother's house. And my grandmother is um, live on the next block over from Parish, so I have to thank Ben and them. You now I call it Big Ben because if Ben and them didn't come to the house and 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 um, and kick us out, you know the rats, I would have never met Parish. <laughs> this is a crazy so, fucking um, story. No, this shit is crazy. I never thought you guys met in, in a condition like this. We met because I had rats in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Towards the end, when we finally left, it was a real big one in the kitchen. Like, this motherfucker was like a fucking <laughs> little miniature dog. This was like, and, and it was moving slow because the poison had got it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got you, motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, but, but it was too late. You know, they already had, you know, they had already had, you know, they was... We had acrobatic mice as they were jumping up all of them. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, so, so uh, and I was about like nine or whatever. So, but we ended up, um, you know, leaving. And again, 
I met Paris because of that. So I always think, you know, my grandmother passed two years ago. That's why I called the album Vernia because that was one of my good friends. And I was like, you know, if I do do something, I'm going to do it under her. So that's why that whole thing came from. So going back to the question. So again, I met Parrish back then when I moved to his neighborhood. So those rats mean business, pun intended, huh? So, uh, so to, f- to flash forward to how you and Parrish kind of got set up, you kind of walk in to quote your song, 1974 Broadway. You go up to see Will Sokoloff over at Sleeping Bag Fresh Records. I'm the old man of the group. I must bring Mantronics up maybe every other show. <laughs> I was waiting. Does he have something to do with you guys getting signed back in the day, Curtis Mantronics? Uh, nah. Nah, the, the, we, um, me and Paris, that demo, you know, we built the 60 Camaro inside of his driveway. Was a, we had no ride to get there. We didn't have to build the car to go, but we just had to be building the car at the time of, of uh, you know, thinking about making demos. And once we, um, you know, it was a paint place. I don't know if you remember um, Earl Shives. Earl Shives, Earl Shives yeah. Was yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, ninety dollars put the whole car through. You know, you take, tape up the windows, make tape up the tires, yeah, yeah, and you put the whole car through. So we got the nice paint job, and uh, and we took that car to whatever we saw on the albums. The address was on the albums itself, so it shit. And so so we wrote down the addresses, and then we you know we parked the car, and we got turned down by Sony. We got turned down by um, I think it was either Arista at the time or Atlantic or whatever one of these companies but the third time we stopped by and we saw um, um, Virgil Sims he worked at by Superbag Records so Virgil got us on there was nobody else to help us except Virgil now were you scared because kind of Sleeping Bag took more of that freestyle UK sound were you afraid that they weren't going to let you do what you wanted? Nah, we didn't even look at that. We was too young to know about what what that what was going on with that. We just was happy that somebody took us. We had no idea who they were or what they were or, or what who was on the label. We didn't care about that. We wanted to be on the radio. Period. As, you know, I'm, I'm 17 years old. We have no clue about you know what we know now about you know labels. We had no clue about what was going on except somebody signed us. When you visited the labels. Did they see you and let you play the records, or did they just send you away? No, no, we played the record um, in, in there for, for Virgil, Juggy, and, and Will Sokoloff. We played it, and once we played the record, we got a call back on the third day. And what was your lead single on that playback? It's my thing we played. Uh-huh. See, it's my thing was, 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 was rhymed on, but it wasn't... It wasn't like it was. Me and Paris didn't know how to indent a chorus. So the label called Special K and Teddy Ted, and they came to Long Island. And then they put in the um, the drum roll, that the kick and the horn. Bam, 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 bam. And once I saw that, that was the beginning of me learning how to really produce because we knew how to, you know. Understand structure. Um, yeah, yeah, that was how we understood how to make a record from Tay Ted and Special K. Because other than that, we had a beat looped up and we rhymed and then we uh, say a title, but there was nothing to end it, the chorus to let you know that there's a chorus coming in. But we didn't have that type of, until they came. This show is, is an episode that we call Respect the Architects. 
So these stories are exactly, you know, fit in perfectly with the theme of the show. Yeah, well, again, all, anybody from this era, 88, that's 30 years of yeah. us, you know, having stuff about this game. So that's a long time. So, and, you know, we got stories. Speaking of stories, I need you to tell me the best story of a rush management tour with you, LL, P, Beasties, Run. You got to have a few in your arsenal. Give me one of them. Well, the only really good one, I mean, I mean, the Runs House tour was the one of the dopest tours ever because that's my first tour. But I think that um, EPMD, um, Fresh Prince, which is very different, Fresh Prince, Public Enemy, um, us four. I think that was a, a thing because I never really experienced that. We was a still brand new group. Everybody else was kind of advanced already. So for, for me to, to walk out in front of 16,000 people every night was kind of like, you know, kind of weird. Kind of like, oh, wow. And Run DMC, we, we didn't have money for a tour bus. You know, again, me and P is new. But Russell came and got us because Run said go get the new boys the APMD guys yeah. so um I saw that concert in Miami I still have that electric blue t-shirt which I don't yes, know how the hell you yes. came up with that freaking color it's the hardest color in the world to, to I wear I mean again me and Paris is new man we 17 whatever they did they did but, but it um, is dope with the yellow on the back with the stri- with the Strictly Business so I still have that actual t-shirt and right. I, was, I, I went to that tour and I, I we had tickets yeah. but man we were actually selling t-shirts by the end of that tour we had backstage passes that was a pretty hype show so we every night was kind of ill because I'm watching one DMC speakers passed by my bunk because we had to sleep on the bottom bunk because again it wasn't no big deal because again we didn't have no bus to begin with so we rode on the run DMC bus and they were so nice uh, to let us you know, ride with them so I think for me that's the best thing for me to be able to have that and then at night time run would come to me and Paris' room and just talk like, we didn't understand, like, you know, wow, why is one coming to our room to have conversation uh, about the game? So, Eric, Eric, talking about that time, and, and, and if you think about, you know, hip-hop, and, and obviously you got the groundwork, you got that original concrete slab that was laid out by, like, Cool Herc and, and Flash and, you know, Melly Mel and, and all those crews. But when you really think about yourself, EPMD, uh, Public Enemy, Rakim, Kane, you guys are really like the first layer of bricks on that like hip hop fucking mansion or fortress, <laughs> right? Did you guys realize at the time how important you guys were gonna be to to propelling the culture and and how it is today, thirty years later, and what you guys all did and the work that you all put in, and and, and the energy you all had, and, and it being so new to America and to everybody's ears. But did you guys all know? Like, how did you all feel personally? While all this was happening, I mean, Yo, Yo, Yo MTV Raps came out. Fucking Pro Set started making baseball cards with rappers on it. In fact, there's a couple EPMD <laughs> cards in that deck. So, like, like she was big. What, what did that feel like? Again, I'm gonna keep telling you this at the time. I'm 17 years old. Right. So I didn't. I did, all I wanted to do was be on the radio. <laughs> you know, and that's again for us to. For somebody to tell you something different, they got to be lying. Because 
You don't know what's going to happen. All you're doing is just doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. Right, right. It's trying to, it's trying to be dope and be on the radio. Like, there was no competition until the second LP. You know, but when the first LP came and all those groups came out, mm-hmm. nobody knew we were going to be dropping. You know how powerful 88 was? You just named five of them. There's NWA, there's Short, there's Quick, there's Cool You Rap, there's Ed, there's... I mean, everybody and their mother came out that one year. Right. It, it's... Nobody knew that. Nobody knew it was going to be that type of competition, that type of fire. 88, there's no year like it in history. That's my the year, agreed. Dope, of course, but no, 88, there'll be nothing we've never seen before in our lifetime. Even though the 90s got moments, because the 90s, of course, is also humongous, but one year did all that. Looking like 88, that Kirk Gibson home run in the World Series where he's just fucking <laughs> pumping that fist. <laughs> That's fucking your, your dent on hip-hop, bro. You guys just fucking smashed it. You might have been in one of the best videos of all time, Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos. I got a letter from the government the other day. And read it and said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here is a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because I never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had a farm. See, I missed that whole era, you know? People were weaving in and out of each other's videos. I mean, it was such a cool time. Not only were the actual videos themselves, you know, real different and and they actually told a story, but I love the fact you guys would jump on each other's videos, and you know, you guys were cellmates, uh, you and Parrish. I miss that kind of thing. Yeah, I, 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 remember, I remember that video too. It was shot in California. Mm. So you were obviously young when you started. What'd you do with your first big check that you got? I didn't have a big check. Me and Paris got signed for fifteen hundred dollars. You must be out of your goddamn. Mind. All right, so wait, wait. When Russell scooped you and you, you guys eventually ended up on Def Jam. Oh, that's different. That's different. Yeah, yeah you got paid. Let's not fast forward yet, though. I, I, We're still in the in the fresh record. Forget years. fresh record. They didn't pay shit. Right. But Third album. Me, when you Third got, album. But wait, was it really only fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah, I think EPMD had the third worst contract in rap. I think Bismarck Kane was before us. And how many records did you have to produce for them before you had to uh, move on? Two, right? It was no, we did two. Russell, Russell, as management came and got us because they had they ordered the label because of the fact that they knew that something was wrong. We had two number one albums in the country. We we had back to back number one albums, and the, we didn't. The money didn't match, so so Leo and them came and got us. I don't want to go too quickly into the Def Jam years. Just one quick question in regards to the early stages of your first record. Who the hell picked an ice factory to do a video in? So fresh. Yeah, I guess whoever that treatment, whoever that, uh, whoever shot that. I mean, that was I crazy. That was a show. That's what they thought the concept was. That was crazy. And then you had that the Steve Martin dance. I forgot who made that up. One of your boys. Um, Trying to yeah, Cizo. Yeah, Cizo. 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 yeah, So, and then he came out on 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 uh, Sleeping Bag as well. And that was yeah. a good one off. Mm-hmm. That was a great album. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good album. Sleeping Bag actually. Yeah, the whole thing so too. Garbage the Dead. Um, Craig, Craig Matt was 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 my roadie. Craig Matt used to carry my bags for me. Craig Matt was supposed to be 
in the hit squad, but we broke up. So that's how Craig met ended up at Bad Boy. He oh, was wow. at Stephen Back Records with us too. He was never supposed to be at Bad Boy. Get Retarded was, was the joint that he uh, he he had done uh, back then. Right, he did, that, he did that first. But when 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 we when the tour was over, he was supposed to make his first LP with us. It never happened. The group broke up. Yeah, you you and him went to like middle school together or high school, something like that, right? High school. Mm-hmm. All crazy. three of us, all of us, me, him, Diamond, and Parrish. Wow. I, I want to. I definitely want to touch on Mac. That was one of my questions, but I, I don't want to derail this this amazing story you're taking of this journey <laughs> from from fresh to fifteen fucking hundred dollars. That's like. I, that's unfathomable. That's an IROC payment. I mean, when, <laughs> when, when you got that check from Clyde Davis, you must have been like, damn, I used to get $1,500 for a contract, and now I'm making this. Like, it just, it's just crazy. So, okay. Yeah, but again, but again, see, again, you're not looking at it. We didn't, it was a lot of money to me and to us. Like, it wasn't like, again, we was too young to understand what it was supposed to happen. We signed with no lawyers. That's why we was able to get out and go to Russell. We didn't know. Again, all we wanted to do was be on the radio. Right. You're making, you making anything to rap. You're like, okay, that's fine. As long as my song's on the radio. Nah, we learned the business after we got in. But when you get in, all you want to do is, is get on the radio. That's it. Did Russell steer you in the right direction, or was that also a little bit of a bamboozle moment? No, nah, when Russell came and got me, I was already advanced as far as knowing what to do. But again, I was in, I was in there with a partner who wasn't playing right neither. So that's why the, the group went left. Because again, um, once I got out of something that was that was not good. Um, I'm in here with somebody else too who's not playing fair. So what was the deal with Paris? Just so our listeners just yeah, to because catch you guys them up. you guys broke up in what ninety three. So but you ninety two ninety two. Okay, right. So you put out um, how many albums did you put out on Def Jam at that point? It's just we one, put, right? Put out four records. Right. Our last on album was Jam, right? personal. We the group broke up after Headbanger. At the height of our height of our career, the group broke up. That's and that was 92 and, and that's right Juice was 92 as well right or was that 91 that I'm thinking well, well Juice 91 okay Juice was 91 so 92 you guys broke up obviously we know there was some turmoil between you and P uh, some crazy shit like didn't he claim that you like fucking robbed him or some shit like that obviously there was a lot of back and forth yeah yeah I mean that was showed on some on on the documentary on something called Beef 2 he told that story not me What'd you get? His Rolex? No, we all had we had we, we had tons of Rolexes. All right, so so getting back to my point, you you obviously did get a good check when you went to Def Jam before you broke up. So what what did you? We, do? Well, Def Jam came guys for one point six million dollars. I, I, that's crazy. I'm saying what, you're still young. I mean, whether you're not seventeen, you're, what are you twenty, twenty one? That's still crazy right. money at that point. What did you do? I mean, like, think about it. You, you're from Long Island. Other than Howard Stern, how many people got that kind of money in Long Island? You know what I'm saying? Like, you had crazy money back in 91. Oh, no, 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 no. It's different now. Now it was, it was different. Again, we kind of know that was almost three years in now. So now I know what money is now. 
And you were one of the early, like, you, you took an early hiatus out to at Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? No, that's after the breakup. That's, yeah. After yeah. the breakup. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's when you linked up with Dallas. And you, look, that's the other thing. You, you kind of dominated the R&B market as well. It wasn't just hip hop. But I want to get into that because that's probably where you made your fucking shitload of money is, is doing those R&B joints. Your production. The R&B wasn't the money. The, the money was Def Jam. It was Reggie Noble. So you, so you would say the lion's share of the money that you made was coming from Reggie, from those albums? From, from Russell and me. I was the artist well, on Def Jam, yeah, too. Obviously, obviously. But I, I, I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. Forget no. about me, man. No, no, no. I'm talking about, about production-wise. You you doing beats nah, for... Nah, nah. The, the most money came from me being solo, me being on Def Jam. Okay, so let's talk about that. Your first album was No Pressure, right? Stay stay real. But before that, you, right. were, you were on the... Um, um, oh, the fucking the soundtrack with Biggie. Uh, who's the man? Right, who's the man. Which, right. Which it was. It was. I got a phone call from Puffy, and Puffy was doing the soundtrack, and um, and I got a phone call from him, and I did a record, and when I I came to New York, and that was when I first met Hype Williams, and Hype Williams shot that video. That was that was his first Hype's video, second work, second, not second, second. And Big was a huge fan of yours, like humongous fan, right? Yeah, Biz Marquis was whatever, wherever I was on set, Big, everywhere I moved, Biggie moved with me on that set the whole night. And that's crazy that you guys, obviously he, he, he passed way too soon, but you guys really never got to work together. Despite the fact nah, that he, he was, was a he fan. was a he was a nobody knew how big of a fan Biggie was to where like he was trying to get on no pressure. He was um Eric, let's be know, serious. You passed on the man. Yeah, I not a lot of people him. not a lot of people but, 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 not a lot of people know that. But, but I, I just don't I just don't remember. I know. See what I'm saying? He's the only one out of all the all the people who I who I was in front of that I don't remember. Like Mr. T, Mr. T, tell me a story. My boy, tell me a story about me seeing him and being brought to the barbershop and meet me at the store. I don't remember that part that well. I don't remember it. Yeah. So let's talk about No Pressure. No Pressure was your solo album. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Stay real was 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 the banger. You had. I was in the. That was all Georgia. That was Georgia. So, I, here's what I want to know, because you've always had a connection with the West Coast. Obviously, you had Cam and, and Cube on, on the ill shit, and um, I don't know. Well, Cube was one of my good friends. But it seems like you've always had a strong relationship out there, like you and Quick. And I don't know if you and Dre were like competitive, because I know you of some sampling issues, and I know maybe you even talked about doing a collaboration together, but. You've always maintained really solid relationships from the West Coast. You were before. Nah, when when I first met NWA, me and Q was best friends. Oh, really? Um, when when Cube let, broke up, I took Cube on tour with me for seven days on the Luke Skywalker tour, and he talked with me in Paris on the bus every day because he opened up for us like, like he used to introduce me and Peter go on stage every night but he we kind of told him how to do that move and then he linked up what what with Bomb Squad and, and then he put out that album yes mm-hmm. you've always seemed like a level headed business savvy dude but you fucking surround yourself with some crazy motherfuckers Keith Murray Redman what happened to Joe Sinister after like the big payback he did like under the sun and then that yeah, was Joe ghost. was phenomenal but that was but that was 
um, God bless the dead. That was Jam Master Jay's artist. That wasn't mine. Yeah. Okay. J combined with Grand Royal in 1993-94. Word of the joint. Ha ha ha. And niggas still the rest of the versions, I rip Cyril as Eric using the method slurring. So Joseph came through the arm repeats and blank crews. From fix for fix another 1-3-D. For real, let's spin their hat back with Jill Slow and we'll catch clown with their pants down below. But I, I just remember him from... Yeah. From Payback Part Two, that was where I first. He was phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. And Red Man still is the is the shit. I mean, I don't even think anyone can touch that man these days. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what? I, I know I from what I've heard, you're you're a cat who keeps it real. Like like Red Man kept it real real with you when he told you you kind of got a little lazy with your writing. And I know you do the same with Red Man. Like if Red Man's not having good beats and things like that, you kind of like let him know. Like. And I think you guys always worked well together. And that's another question I wanted to ask is, is you guys, you've made your best work together. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he needs yeah, you. I mean, that has nothing to do with me, man. That, well, whatever that guy did on his last three or four albums, that's what he chose to do. It ain't me. No, I, I know, but his best work is with you. Mm-hmm. You know, what What the Everybody album- Everybody knows that, but he don't seem to, he don't seem to know that. No more. Dare is a Dark Side is is one of those albums that was dark, heavy, light years ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, it, it mm-hmm. I, I, look from from a, a fan standpoint, it's a shame that we don't get to see that anymore. And I, I don't know everybody grows right. up and they have their own ideas and whatnot. But you have always brought out the best in people. And, and one of them happens to be Reggie. And, and I think that has hurt him is becoming one of those guys who's in a top five list because of his catalog I guess the second part of his career then you know what I'm saying right. and, and I think you would have propelled him to that conversation of being a top 5 MC which he has yeah. the ability to beast but yeah. you know how it goes it's crazy that y'all asked that question because y'all are the first one that talked about that live compared to social media because YouTube is Everybody else is screaming it, you know what I mean? But you never hear it, you know, talked about like how y'all talking about it to be able to to possibly be heard because, again, for some reason, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's not clicking. It's just a shame, man, because, I mean, the talent that comes from that man is, is unbelievable. We just got to connect you guys again and get things working. Just got to wrangle in the crazy. Hey, speaking of surrounding yourself with crazy motherfuckers, how did you and Parrish make out after Blizzard robbed the bar in Juice? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you got it back. (laughs) Kep always throws the shit from left field. I love it. Right. Let me ask you, just as because we were talking about Redman, is it true that while he was making, you know, Dare's the Dark Side, he was he was living on your couch while you guys were making his album? Not that one, the first LP. The first no, one. not that one. So, so, so okay, what the album? He, he had a apartment by then. Oh, all right. Well, he didn't get $1,500. He had more than that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not yeah. like Red, Redman didn't have the best house. I think it was on MTV Cribs. Uh, he had the, like, uh, the best Cribs episode ever. Yeah, yeah it certainly was. He's a unique Yeah, but Redman has, don't because he chose that. Reggie has yeah. a lot of money. 
And you know, yeah, this is this is what he chose to do. You know, I mean, if you if people, if you know and you watch the career, don't forget, Def Jam was a very lucrative label. Right. Like, you know, you know, you had your albums was a half million dollars. And one thing about Def Jam is the fact that me, I didn't need that money to make an album. I come from a thirty thousand dollar. The most money I ever spent on the album was thirty grand. You know, and, and that was the last EPMD album. Wow. Damn. You know, I, I didn't I, I didn't take I didn't use studio time like that. I didn't take time to make production like that. We didn't sit there and waste time in the studio and just be having something booked to be booked. So all that money was ours. So E, the third and fourth album, the the two on Def Jam, what how much you how much did it cost to make those two albums? $30,000. Speaking of money, I mean, did Lior have a have a have a role in any of thing, any of that stuff? Money and Lior, shit. That's like uh... You know. <laughs> everyone's got everyone's got a Lior story, so I'm just wondering if you guys have one. Oh, no, nah, he didn't fuck with us. <laughs> because, because me and Paz was self-contained. Artists didn't come like we came. I was, we was producers, so you couldn't really, you know, you couldn't have input on, our, on us. You had input on the majority of groups that didn't produce, but not yeah. us. No, I, you know, we, we, we knew how to make the record. So he was fucking with third base. He left you guys alone. Yeah. That's <laughs> basically what you're trying to say. <laughs> Don't forget, every artist needs production. We did. Eric, take you to a different place here for a second. This is Roger, the announcer. DJ360 and I have been friends for uh, 34 years. And mm. I just want you to know that, uh, that you know, I, I don't bring the same kind of hip-hop knowledge that these guys bring. I mean, they just know so much stuff, and it is ridiculous what they know. I don't know mm. anything except that I'm a fan. And Andre, in his, his uh, 240Z back in the day, turned me on to you. And it brings me, just listening to your music brings me back to that time when we were kids. And uh, I just want you to know that, that it's very cool to speak to you here 34 years later. That was that was a strictly business. Yeah, that was a strictly business business record. Yeah, so so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yep. I appreciate it, man. E, um, can we hear a quick story? One of my all-time favorite groups um, from the 90s is Daz FX. Can we hear the quick story about how you guys found Daz FX? Yeah, me and Paz was at a, um, a rap contest that happened after one of the shows. It was a rap contest that was in Virginia, Virginia State, I think they went to. And um, there was a rap contest that was on campus that night. So before we left, we actually stopped stopped by, which is, you know, the promoter was like, come through, but it was real, real hood. I mean, the place that they was at was like, you know, it was real, real hood. And um, there was a lot of rap groups in there that night. You know, and Dospects have to be one of them. Um, and, and again, you know, the groups came on and rocking, and there was two twins that was actually better than Dos Effects, these guys. But Dos Effects had that, again, that technique with them that was special. So we ended up picking the other guys to win. And Dos was really mad. Like, they were like, yo, you know, you know, um, I thought y'all liked us. So yeah, we are, we do. We're gonna sign y'all. And um 
So that night, they didn't win the contest. We picked it. We gave the hundred bucks to some other guys. That's crazy, man. When when you guys had that nasty divorce, you and Pete, was it was there really like awkward beef between you know the Hit Squad and the Death Squad, or was that a lot of stuff that was just kind of hyped up between the media, you know, publications and, and, and radio at that point? Nah, nah, nah. I, I think that it was real for five years, you know, because I didn't talk to Paz for five years. No, I didn't, you know. And so, I mean, um, obviously you had your crew, the Death Squad, and he had, you know, Hit Squad. Yeah, but I wasn't even looking at that That to be, the, that wasn't something to look at. That was, you know, after, after I left that thing, that was downhill from there. You know, and I'm not just talking to be boasting. Everybody knew what time it was when that, that happened. That was wasn't going to be something that's going to survive. It wasn't, you know, um, you 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 have to know that at the end of the day, together, me and P were dangerous together. We were. He did have production skills after in the beginning, but after a while, it started fading. So, um, you know, um, I, I don't never take nothing from him because he believed in me. The reason why I'm here now is because he believed I can I can make it. My first song when I first met Paris, I rapped in Jane. That was my first one of my first two rhymes I ever wrote. So it had to be tough for you. I mean, both of you during that five year. You know, break. it wasn't tough for me. I, that was my best time <laughs> of my life. I was very very stressed in that group. Shit. Well, so then my question Cause, was, cause shit, was, shit wasn't because shit wasn't right. It was very, very stressed. I mean, you have to if you ask any of the members, they tell you like it was very uncomfortable the last couple of years in that group. So if, if, if it wasn't for that split, do you feel that maybe you wouldn't have had the time, resources and energy to dedicate to those uh, Redman albums, to Keith Murray? I would have to... never became Eric. Right. I would have been a, I I been... Been a producer mm-hmm. in, inside the group. I wouldn't have been a person I'm part of seven million albums. So that means I was on every record I produced for every rapper and, and half R&B. That would have never happened if I was in the EPMD group. Well, talking about that exactly, let Let's let our listeners know some of those like tracks that they may not know you have done. You know, what were some of those tracks at that time? I don't know, to the nineties? Well, oh, I mean, man. what would you say your top five or ten that you produced that maybe people don't realize? I mean, whether it was Ludacris or no. I mean, no, I think everybody knows. That, again, as far as my my most my my main things I like the most is Redman. You know that was you know Keith Murray too. You know, but it just was my death squad stuff. Yeah. Besides me doing Jodeci, come talk to me, or Reservoir Dogs, or or or, or Forty Two One, or any one of them things. The most stuff that I liked the best was inside my own clique, and that was. Muddy Waters and and mostly all Redman or either the Red and Mess How Highs. Yeah. Both for them. Four three two one was fucking dope. The, the How High I heard that yeah. you uh that came from Natural Born Killers, which is Dre and Q. Yeah, the first one. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first, the first, the hardcore beat I made before I did the remix, I made the first idea from Natural Born Killers. Yeah, but I heard the Ice Cube and, yeah, and Dre the, record, and I made my own version in my head. Yeah, you know, with I the tried to bite it. just hitting, and man. Then, mm-hmm. um, then I was like, 
once we and them want to do the show soundtrack and want to they want to drop as a single I'm like oh, don't drop that because I'm like yo let me do something better you know if I can make something better you know if you're going to go to radio and try that you know for a Red Man and Method Man song me as a as a business person I want to have a chance to make a bigger record you know so so I I, I found the Crusader sample and and put the flat on the fly in there that was Curtin's so you worked with Shaq quite a bit back in the day. What was it like being, yeah. in, a, being in the studio with, with Shaquille? Well, Shaq came to see me first in Long Island first at, at, at one of the studios. And um, again, I, I really didn't know who he, who he was. Of course, you know that, you know, he, you know, he, he was um, top draft pick the whole nine. Mm-hmm. But as far as me having, you know, I never followed his career or nothing like that. You know, again, but... um. I saw him on the, uh, with the Food Snickers, you know, that first record. Right, right. So, what's up, Doc? Once, a lot of people turned him down. Like, Premier, they all said no to him. So, I'm like, you know, how much money you made? <laughs> the check will clear. You, yeah. yeah, you did outstanding. You did, you did a few joints. So, once I found out, you know, about him, he flew me down to Orlando. So, I went to Orlando. And we went to some of the dope studio, and we had a chef cooking every day the whole nine. There you go. So I just ended up writing four records, and one of the records, the outstanding record, just happened to sell a million records. You know. So, so you also mentioned earlier that that you love working with Redman and Keith Murray, obviously, right? Those are your, those are your Def Squad boys. Right. But you have a hell of a, a list of people that you've worked with over the years, production wise. Okay, I mean, you've made you made mm-hmm. tracks for AZ, Met the Man, Exhibit, etc. Just just to name a few. Illegal, Shades um, of Lingo. Of those, fo- I'm naming a few here because you know time time. <laughs> so of of those folks that you've worked with over the years, okay, who outside of your Def Squad crew, who did you have the best chemistry with, and and who do you see an opportunity to possibly work? More with. Well, there's nobody still rocking now. The only one I, my favorite, my favorite rapper really is is Method Man. But um, okay, uh, I I like I like everything about how he, you know, again, even on the on the Blackout album, every record that you heard was set off by what Method Man started the the the, the cadence with. He right. made the flow of the album flow. Cause the way that he came in on the beats, and people don't know that part, he set off every record. Any plans for you guys to work more together in the future? I work with him every time. I mean, I'm always. I mean, you, you did. Uh, I probably don't know, but I'm always that, working with him. I know you did. Always. Even if on uh, the Nutty Professor with him, that was a dope track. What do you mean? You did even if the track with with Meth on the Nutty Professor soundtrack back in the day. Just with I you and I don't even remember that. Yo, you <laughs> shit. How many That's how deep the remember, Fuck. Let me first. I remember. I remember working with Eminem, Eminem and Redman. Did you do even if? I thought you did even if. You no, did. I, I did. I did the F, I mean the Redman and Eminem on Nutty Professor. Yeah, but that was the. I, I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm gonna double check while we're talking. All right. Yeah. Let's go to Atlanta because you moved to Atlanta for a bit. You had a rim shop. And you worked. You started working with Dallas, and Dallas put you in. In, in I guess Dallas groups were illegal and, and, and shades of lingo. How did that go down? Right. How did you connect with Dallas? When I got to Atlanta, the world knew I moved there. The, um, I was on the front page of the cover. 
Um, the mayor called me to this mayor's office. They, I, they, I opened that city up. Matter of fact, David Banner called me two weeks ago and said, Eric, the next story that come out about Atlanta, your name ain't in it, I'm going to protest. Because with you coming down here, you, you changed the structure of this city. And then you brought two short with you. For me, bringing them cameras down there, she would stay real. No matter what Jermaine Dupri and them was doing, I'd bring the culture to Atlanta. That means at my rim shop in the back was Outcast, Goody Mob, 112, Jagged Edge, David Banner. David Banner got kicked out the rim shop by Keith Murray. Kicked him right out. Um, <laughs> what? Um, um, Dave Justice, Tupac, Holly Berry. That rim shop was the landmark. When you came to the city, that's where you stopped that. Damn. You were like the second stop after the strip club. <laughs> well, the strip Actually, club before the strip club, supreme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put you up there, though, man. Shit. So, so. But that, but the majority of the game, Usher Raymond, whoever was trying to get famous in that place, was at my shop. Don't forget these stories that you hear about me is what you already know. I never met nobody. I can't believe it's even me. You know how many rap groups I had? When you hear me, I had Voltaire Clan. I had Luda. I had Game. I had Biggie. I had 50. You like, had Nas, man. You had fucking Nas. nobody say this. I had Nas. What the I hell happened, Eric? Before he went to Pete Rock's house. Eric, explain All these this. Rappers, but I'm a, I'm a young kid. I don't know what's going on. How to put this yeah. Wait, wait. Since, since I was Eric Sermon and I'm from EPMD and Reggie No was Reggie, the whole game came to me. You were the you were the the Godfather of the hip hop world. You weren't that young. You're no, not making fifteen hundred dollars anymore. I didn't know until you look back later on and people tell you tell these stories you hear and be like, no, I, I was at Eric's first. Well, when I hear the game say, yeah, I was, I was with Eric, but he wasn't ready, so I signed the 50. Or, or knowing that 50's in my basement, and then I do a song called Heat Wave, the next two weeks he gets shot. But yeah. this day in my basement. Yeah. That was uh, with Nori, Heat Wave. This day in my basement, this is, nobody came out without calling my phone. And then from R&B, from, from D'Angelo, the chief of the bars, to fucking Macy Gray, to Angie Stone, to it don't matter who it was. I just never talked. But if you read Eric Brownstone, you like, you did if you love me? Like, you didn't, you know, like, I, did, I never said nothing. Because I was still like, oh, shit. I was, I was, you know, out there with a bunch of women, and that was it. So if, if you could give one piece of advice to your 22, 23-year-old self, what would it be? I don't even know. <laughs> I, I just think that, again, I, it, 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 it was cool to be able to... I wish I would have saw it because I didn't see none of it, you know? And I even... That drink was even my thing. I don't even smoke a drink now. I just never... I wish I would have saw, saw some of it. 
Yeah, where you were just in the moment. You weren't thinking about in the, moment. the next day. Exactly. You were thinking, you know, you don't even think yeah. about that it, that it, it goes away at some point or that you're missing boats in certain places. Nah. You're just in it. Because going back to Dallas Austin, after the group broke up, when Dallas found that I was in town, he, he sent some boys to, to bring me to his studio. Once I got to dark, he was like, yo, here, take Studio B. You don't even know me. Right. He just gave me his facility. Well, like, yeah, yeah, you, you can take this room. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> so at the time, I'm in there and I start I start messing with Left Eye for a little bit. That was my who I was killing with while I was out there in the beginning. After uh, after Atlanta, I, I, maybe you were still in Atlanta at the time, but when you linked up with Clive at J Records. I was still in Georgia. You were still in Georgia. I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, that had to be the biggest payday. That was like winning the fucking Mega Millions lotto because Clive gave you a decent amount of money and you had, I guess, arguably your biggest hit to date. Would you say music is your biggest hit to date? Yeah, but the music came from Jimmy IV. Music was on on the soundtrack first at Interscope. I forget a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it wasn't Eric B involved with this in some way? Yeah, Eric B. Eric B. Did a lot, you know. Eric B. Yeah, because I I remember this. Like, like I don't know. It's still bugged out how he's everywhere. Eric B. Is everywhere, but he knew he knew he knew Marvin Gaye's estate lawyer. I think he's the only one. I think he's the only one who fucking got paid from this damn thing. No, you had to get paid from that record. I mean, the only one who hasn't got paid by using Marvin Gaye was probably Robin Thicke and Pharrell. But you, you got paid. No, everybody got paid from that record. The family was okay. Mm. Eric was okay. The lawyer was okay. Everybody was fine. Is that because Eric was able to speak with them before you guys actually went through with it, or? No, Eric B was cool with Louis Burrell, which was Hammond's brother, which was at Interscope at the time that had that had the soundtrack to the movie. So they was see, don't forget, I I had to pay two hundred grand for that sample. So for me to be able to do that, I was like, fuck it, let me let the movie pay for it. So the movie paid the two hundred grand for it. That's crazy. And by the time that happened, Clive Davis was coming after me, but I had to wait a month for the record to be let loose. And then Clive gave me $4 million. That's Shit. crazy. Shit. I think you're the only one who ever got that kind of money out of Clive in the hip-hop world. Clive is not even what, it's not even the money that Clive gave me. Clive gave me a 50-50. He never did that with no arts in life history. Nobody. He gave me whatever money that he made, I made 50% on the, of the dollar with him. Mm. No joint venture. He gave me, he was such, such a, a fan of what I was doing. He gave me 50-50. Don't forget, no joint venture. It was a 50-50 deal. Never in history, from down to the Madonna, Frank Sinatra, everybody he ever had in his life. He never did that with no artist except me. I don't think Puffy even well, got those deals. Why do you think he did that? Nobody. Did I you, just told you. Nobody. But why do you think he did that? Did you hang him over the balcony like Suge did Vanilla Ice? Or why did he give you he that? He might have loved him, though. <laughs> why, I mean, it's no, unheard of. I just think that, again, at the end of the day, it was like... That record trans a lot of people. See, when 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 that was made, he probably like he just probably thought like, yo, this is 
this is something else. It reminded him of every other big star that he ever had, you know, for some reason. And he figured that because um, Buster Rhymes had left, Wyclef had left, like he was leaving. Puffy was gone. He probably saw me as being bad boy. Mm, maybe. That's crazy. For Nobody still can understand to this day why did he do that. But even with that, I still left him. So talk about that. Why? Why? Because I think I, for the reason why everybody else left, it was like, he he gave you some spins, but the marketing and promotion that he was doing with, with, with hip-hop, I know to later that it was Sean Combs that was able to make Bad Boy. Puffy was, he, the marketing promotion scheme was all Puffy. Yeah. It was a watered down version label, though. It really was. Yeah. Well, Clive does Clive's efforts and energy and love and everything are in love songs. That's what he does. And that's what if Clive would have had eighteen Alicia Keys and twenty Whitney's, he would have rather had that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he knew how to get you on the radio and all that other stuff. But you're right. As far as that promoting promotion for hip hop and 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 the urgency for it, he didn't have that. I was wondering why people was just leaving. Buster was leaving after Cavassier because Cavassier could have been bigger. 1.6 million records supposed to have been, it would have been bigger any place else. You know, Wyclef going to November or, or whatever would have been bigger someplace else probably. You know, they was the records was too big. So after, after that, you kind of started getting into other shit. Like I remember you did the platform remix for for Dilated. How did that even come about? Because that's that I didn't even think they'd be on the radar. Dr. Dre didn't want to do it. Who? Dr. Dre didn't want to do it. They went to Dre first. I was the second Dre. choice. I wouldn't even think they'd have reach to go to Dre. Um, that um, that's why I'm surprised. Like you, like I wouldn't even think they're on your radar. Like how would you even know of, of even of a Dilated's people? Which is Endoscope. That's right. Oh no, that was Capital. They put out it was on Capital Records, their first album, the platform. Okay, so they must have ended up going there then. Okay, yeah, but well, Mike Lynn, which was Dr. Dre's manager at the time, okay. called me and asked me, because Dre didn't want to do it. Mm, okay. And, and it was Eddie Grand. So it was a money thing? Is that why Dre didn't want to do it? I have no idea. But eighty thousand dollars for a record, I made that beat in half an hour. Damn. Eric, I've watched you make beats, man. You do that shit on some fucking crazy-ass keyboards. I mean, a non-traditional way for a producer to work, but you make that shit fucking bang, dude. Well, I worked on a W30 my whole career. I, I used to, I, when I first started, I wanted, I tried the, the ASR 10. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how it felt, So, but I wasn't the only one using the workstation. It was the RZA who did 36 Chambers on there, Kanye West, of course Timbaland, um, those people that mastered that workstation. Right. But I mastered what I had. You know what I mean? So we, so it wasn't, I wasn't the only one that worked on a, a keyboard. But um, I just, I just never got off of mine. What style do you use now? I just, I, I don't even, I, if I do make a beat, I'm going to make it inside of, um, inside of Pro Tools with using the, using the motif as my motherboard. So just, because I, I play the piano. So just a digital workstation. Right. You've worked with everybody from Jay, Meth, obviously. You did Luda, Red, Exhibit, Shaq. Who is the easiest to work with out of everybody that you've ever worked with? They're all simple. No, 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 no. That's the easy answer. Who is the easiest 
that like you it just it just clicked like you didn't have to tell I him asked him that question running back 15 minutes ago he said method man no no he know, said but, but, but they all was good I, said, I just think that my Keith Murray is the fastest I mean as far as rhyme wise but they all was nobody was everybody did, did they think I never had nobody that was complicated nobody was they was all at that time in the 90s everybody had their shit together so what happened after the 90s where everybody just became I don't know I, I was gone in 2002 I was finished I took I took 12 years off yeah take us take us to that 2000 so you had a, a, a you spent that you spend that Clive Davis moment. a lengthy hiatus man what what prompted you you were just done with music it well was you, it. even before you get to that you got back together with Parrish how did that happen Oh yeah, that was that was what two thousand nineteen ninety seven. Okay, y'all keeping all over the place. Yeah, yeah, back in business was was again Tupac and Biggie Smalls. They died, and we figured that us getting back together was trying to you know, soften something up, and um, so that's what um, there was a phone call made by DJ Dice, which was Dice Effects DJ. Okay. Um, and and the guys on the phone together, and we me and Paris started talking, and we just thought that it would be something good to do. By the time we turned around. An album was made, and um, and we called Russell, and he was like, "Yo, we got some records," and um, we, you know, we figured that again. It all started because of the of the Piggy Smalls death. That was a great album too, man. I'll never forget Richter Scale. Love that oh, song. That's good. Yeah. That, that was, was uh, that was what ninety seven or ninety eight. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. That was when ninety seven. That was uh, Def Jam has always been a powerhouse, but that was when Def Jam was. Ja, DMX. So uh, no, no, you know we, yo, you saying that was just a conversation recently about ninety seven and how me and Paris was able to come in there and still hold our own mm-hmm. during that time of dominance. Yeah, and um, and Def Jam. Yes, that survival. Dominance. The those 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 yeah. deaths, man. The joint. Yeah, no, you definitely did hold your own, but th- that was Def Jam was having. It was like commercial success. Oh, it was every week they yeah, had commercial bangers. success. Crazy man. The next year, '98, the Death Squad came. The Death, and then you guys did. Uh, what was that joint? Uh, fucking Rappers Delight. Rappers Delight. That was another huge. That was monumental for you guys. Now, how did that work out? Well, was I, I never liked that record. I never liked that song though. But I like my album. <laughs> yeah, but was that, was I didn't that, like was that, that record. That was like forced on you. Is that why? Was that some type of uh, you know brought from the top down? No, nah, so, hey, it, 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 it was done for another album. It was done for the um, for like a for the for album like that Adam was Sandler movie. No, yeah, it was it <laughs> priority was called, records. I'm quite in the beginning. Oh, yeah, and what they right, did was right, yeah, they yeah. had rappers. Pick a, a back in the day song and do it. Yeah. It just happened that off that album, they they picked that one to go. Yeah, Wu Tang did like Sucker MCs. Yep. You guys did uh, Rappers. I remember that album now. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so 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 that album sold records, and since, since since they took that record off, Rappers Light just blew up, and that's what sparked the Death Squad album. You know, and that album went number one in the country. That was the last time I think you, Keith, and Red were like all clicking. Like you guys were on the same page, making good music together. And then I guess you guys, right. whatever, shit, shit changed. I keep obviously went away for a little bit. And Keith got crazy money from Def Jam when he came back out, right? Didn't, didn't he get like... Yeah, he got $2.7 million. But that wasn't the reason why we stopped. Red and Meth happened. Mm, okay. 
But I mean, even though that happened, you were still a part of that. I mean, no, I'm so far as the death squad because we were supposed to make tsunami afterwards. It never happened. Like we was like, you know, we sold Mad Records number one number one album in the country. People want to see another one. It never got a chance to go because Brother Meth came. And, and Red and Red and Man took away from that was it. Once that happened, that was the group. So E, I love I love what you and Parrish did with the Out of Business album. If I recall, it was a double CD, and it was the Out of Business LP, and it also included a EPMD Greatest Hits but CD. It was like remake. It was like a, you guys redid those classics, right? Remastered, I but believe. But that's because probably for like licensing purposes, you couldn't put out those classics. No, it was it was. I don't know. I you know what that album is a blur too, because I, I knew that that <laughs> yeah. was that was the the end of EPMD too for me. Yeah. <laughs> they they redid the vocals dead. on those songs. But uh, I know everybody thinks oh EPMD, you know they broke up. But we see on Instagram, you know, you and Pierre together. And so the biggest question is, well, how come you guys haven't done anything new together? You know, recently. Oh no, no, no more, no more music. It's not. We, we, if you, you, as far as me, I don't think y'all really listen to them records. You know, I can't just be uh, on the on there trying to hold hold down the situation. It, it, it gotta. It, it's not the same. You know, it's not the. Ain't the same file power, you know? You can't just create just to create when it's not there no more. Sometimes you got to give people what they want, even if it's not everything that you Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) He has so much fuck you money. He doesn't have have to give anybody anything. Crazy. (laughs) uh, So so what I did was I I just, you know, people, me and Paris have been touring for the last, what, 15 years now. So, I mean, as far as doing shows, so, you know, uh, people are fine with that. You know, you you have a, you know what's so bugged out? Because people will call for an album and then once you get there, nobody's there. So, you know, they're not going to psych me out with that shit. Like, you know, putting work in, then all of a sudden when it, when it happens, you got a couple of people show up for it. Nah, I'm not, I, I can't do that. You know, I can't put myself in that mode like that. I tried that one time. And again, when you out there putting that music together, writing them rhymes, making them beats, and all of a sudden they get looked over because a, a few people wanted to hear it. And then when you come out, nobody did support it. Fuck that. Yeah. You know? So don't need that. Well, all right, I'm gonna ask a fan question. You have, a, you gotta have a lot of like Death Squad material that you just have not put out. Is there any plans nah. of doing anything nah, remotely? No, fuck that, right? So, so that's it. No, nah, we, we didn't make music like that. Like it's getting the Death Squad didn't get a chance to make records because I told you, but the meth came. So you guys never made music after that. I thought. I mean, I realized that no. was what the focus was, but I figured you know you still had. No, some- we didn't make no music. <laughs> Everybody was doing their own thing. Red Man was gone. You can't make records when Reggie's not here. You know, and Murray was doing Murray, and I just was. That was it for me. After after two thousand and two, that was it for me. Is there never a dull moment when Redman's around? Like, is he is he really as as like kind of nuts and just full of energy as he comes off all nah, the time? Nah, that's that's not what that is. You know, I, I I never saw it. You know, like I said, for from the time that we we was young, maybe it might have been a little bit whatever. But as far as that thing, I don't know. I, I never saw none of that. Yeah. Here's something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to know is. Um, 
when you guys did Rampage with LL, did you know he was going to kind of had that subliminal coming at you? Like, because clearly you put out the record. So when he says, you know, you and your squad better praise the real God. He was talking about you. I don't know. That, 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 I wasn't there for that for that session. I came. I laid my my verse later. Him and Paz was in there going back and forth. So I mean, there's a lot at of controversy. Take it as it being the diss. It's, but it never dawned on you guys like maybe he's uh, your nah, label mate. Him, him and Paz was cool. But but then he did it again with four three two one the music the song you produced so. It seems L may have that. But, 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 yeah, but we found out afterwards that was L's mo. You didn't know in the beginning of that year yeah. that you that you somebody you cool with is throwing subliminal jabs. You don't know that part. Because again, it's still '91. We don't know that somebody would be that bold and say that and say the squad line and then say it was us. You know, kind of how like kind of how it's your boy. Kind of how we made his money with Cool Mo D. You know, it's like maybe it's just the way he mm-hmm. did things. What are out of all of your albums, which is your favorite? The first one. No pressure. No, I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about. Oh, your, my, your I'm solo. EPMD. You know, no, no, you. I'll, I'll, EPMD next. But oh no, no, yeah, nah, I, yeah, my first one I like a lot. No, 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 the second album, the, the double or nothing. Double, double or nothing. nothing. That's a great. That's my favorite oh, album of yeah, yours. That's a great. Yeah. No alibi. Oh wait, all right. So, all right, EPMD. Give me, give me your favorite EPMD album. The third, I've been this is the first no. No, 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 business usual. Third album. Third album. And what about what's the favorite song off EPMD out of all of them? So what you saying? So what you saying? Oh, yeah, go. good, man. One. good one there, Aaron. Hey, do good you ever talk to K Solo? I talked to K Solo like three months ago for the first time in about ten years. All right, how about Kayla Boss? And, and the, 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 <laughs> I saw him at the Young TV Raps thing. I saw him in person. Oh, okay. How about Kayla Boss? Yeah, I see Kevin. I see K. That's DJ 4-5. Yeah. Is that what he goes by now? Don't forget, he did it for, for Fabulous, Lil Wayne. That's what that's Lil Wayne's DJ. He's been there for a while. Oh. So I don't know why I, I never, I, why I don't know this, but how did it go from him to Scratch? Well, it went to Diamond J first. It was DJ Diamond. It, it, it was Diamond, Kayla Boss, then Scratch. Jason but, has to be deaf. That was that yeah. line. Yep. And that's my DJ now, is this Diamond. Mm. For the last two years, Diamond J has been cutting for EPMD. Hey, just going back, talking about albums, my favorite album cover of yours is React because you're repping the New York Mets and Tom Seaver. Good job on that one. Yeah. <laughs> the in-house Mets fan. Random questions real quick. Um, one, so sweet with Eazy-E. Obviously, you had a relationship with, with NWA. That joint, uh, did you guys ever plan to work together before he passed? How did, you know, how did that come about? Nah, I just... You know what's so crazy? I saw E a week before he died. I went to go see him at his at his office. This girl Keisha, I was I was talking to knew um she worked for him on the station. because um, they had a radio station on uh, in, in California. Um um and I saw him, but nah, he was just he was mad laid back and cool though too, though. He he wasn't he was more doing what I was doing as far as business because that's when he had Bone Thugs and he was like doing like getting groups you know what I'm saying he was really really going to get ready to start something crazy and that shit is true about him getting ready to do an NWA album with Dre 
Wow. Yeah, that would have been crazy, man. It's a shame. Yeah. What um? Yeah. We asked you your favorite album. We asked your favorite EP, MD. What is your favorite Redman album of the three that we all know and love? I like the first album. Um, whatever. What? Everybody would say Buddy, though, but I like the first album. Okay. You, you think most people think Muddy is, is the best of the Redman uh, album? Yeah, yeah. I think that people, because when you, because when just the the phenom right now of just Muddy Waters two coming, people talked about Muddy a lot, like a lot of you know, along with the industry, people and the colleagues, the fans too. You got hardcore fans that like in the dark side because it's hardcore fans, but when they talk about Reggie. They speak about Muddy Waters a lot. Where did the Jane idea come from? I told you that was my first song I ever wrote. I know, but where, where did it come from? Because obviously you kept tradition. I don't know. I, just was writing, I was just writing stories as a kid. Whatever that was in the my Jetsons, head. The Jetsons, man. Just the Jetsons. It. I can't tell you girl named Jane or whatever. I don't know where that came from. I just wrote. That was one of my first rhymes I ever wrote. Jane was a girl you finger popped in Brentwood. <laughs> Nah, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Long Island, man. There's so many legends on Long Island. Like I said earlier, you have Julius Irvin, you have Rakim, you have Public Enemy, you have yourself, you have Howard Stern. Dela. Dela. I mean, the list goes on and on. What is in the water there that just produces some of the greatest, you know, musicians? I don't know. Um, Besides the rest. Is that they were um, nominated for the, for the Hall of Fame that we're going to be on. What is that? November 8th we got the Hall of Fame we just got inducted into that um, and I found out that Blue Monster Cult was from here I was like wow me and Paris used to play Godzilla every day in that Camaro um, I used to love that track but as far as um, Long Island we just I don't know I think once I once I heard Public Enemy Biz came on with Cramp to Understand came on MC Light then the next day thing the next weekend changed my life when Eric B for President came out. That was the end of it. That changed. That's when I knew I was coming. I knew that I'm going to keep going. Once I heard Rakim, I knew I was going because I had to rhyme slow because of my list and he was a slow flow rhymer so I knew that it was a possibility for me. Yeah, for sure. You've been doing this for many, many years. I don't want to date you, you've been, but you've been killing it for decades. You have... Uh, when you're in the music game that long, you will always become, uh, I guess, victim to, to innuendo and gossip. And I don't want to touch on that. But how I, I do want to find out from you is how have you um, I, how do you how do you deal with that? Like you've been able to overcome so much, uh, you know, and Big Daddy Kane has been a recipient of, of rumors and pretty much anybody. Yeah, I, I, you know what it was? I think that. Whatever Wendy Williams was trying to do with everybody, everybody who know me, I ran through these. Like, I was really bad when it comes down to, you know, as far as in this game. So they knew that I was bullshit. Um, and, but I, it didn't stop. It didn't interfere. Like, rumors only um, hold weight if they interfere with your life. It never interfered with my life. It, it never, my friends never asked me a question. It never stopped me from doing what I'm doing. It was like, oh yeah, it's out there, but 
nobody's ever disrespected me. Nobody never ever came and said that because they knew that it was bogus. And they knew that where it was coming from was bogus. So, you know, it, I, I'm... My, my, my skin, they told me that Redman was whack. They told me Das Effects was whack. They told me Keith Murray could never do a whole record by himself. I've been hearing this my whole life. So I'm used to it. You know, I, I overcome, like, oh, whatever. They told me that was a singer I had. Oh, he's, he got to lose some weight. I'm like, okay, take that. One million dollars, uh, one million records of, of, of weed on that platinum album. Take that, you know. I'm behind the gun, I like. Uh, I mean, again, you only person that can stop you is you. A human being can't stop you. No, you're right. Nobody can stop you but you. It's pretty admirable because, like I said, a lot of people don't deal with that kind of stuff well, and and you've had to. Uh, for whatever the reason is, obviously you always consider the source. Wendy Williams is not the most reputable source. Yeah. Um, but look, no, but the biggest things in the world do they deal with that? Everybody get beat down. They get from who you are. From Britney Spears still was making a hundred million dollars. They was killing her. Like all of the Madonnas, all these other things. Everybody get beat down. Everyone. Yeah. But it's the fact like I'm I'm already me. That means if you got me in your mouth, then it, it must be something. But if you only 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 a hater would try to go and then finish the rumor up or keep it going because that's what they do. But somebody who like is fans and know you, it don't it, it don't stick with them. So again, it never stuck with me where it interfered. Now, one of my colleagues or one of my friends or one of the women ever asked me a question, ever. And I never thought that it was going to be something because once she started naming 100,000 names, and that's how she got fired from the station because of Puffy fired her. But I never told nobody you sucking my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and again, not touching on any of the rumors, but whatever the wildest ones, when I heard you jumped out that three-story window, I was impressed, and then I saw Omar from The Wire do it a few years later, and he did it from the fourth floor, and I was like, nah, I'm not that impressed anymore from uh, from what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's so bugged out, too? I never thought that would go far, too, because I'm like, dang, there's no ambulance? Like, there's no picture? There's no blood? Like, I, listen... A, a story got the whole weight with it. So I figured that everything will go because there's nothing to hold it with or there's nothing coming with it. So I figured that it wouldn't, I had no idea. Then I heard Eminem in the rhyme saying one time in a freestyle, like when it happened, I'm like, wow, okay, you know? But I really thought that none of this stuff was gonna hold weight because there was nothing to the story to, to, to make the stories real. But people don't forget, if they see it, if they hear it, it's real, you know? Well, it, it brings me to this point. You you obviously have dealt with it and, and you handled it like a pro. And you have a you have a, a very good um, head on your shoulders and, and I would say personality too. A lot of people don't 
deal with this stuff which brings me to this point and this is completely aside from music but about a year ago a friend of mine asked me if i can get in touch with you for uh his friend who was who was in hospice and he was dying of cancer and i didn't have your contact information and i believe he hit you up on a gofundme page and lo and behold, you FaceTimed his friend for about 30 minutes while he was in hospital. Oh, that was your friend? That no. The- no way, he ended up dying. I didn't get you to sit in the rug or nothing. The gentleman who died is not my friend. The guy who made the request is. He asked me if I can get in touch wow. with him. Wow. And he told me, he actually, he told me when it happened and then I believe maybe a month later, maybe three weeks later, he, he passed and he said that, uh, you know, obviously, made his day i mean that was uh and i talked to his moms his mom's on the facetime too yeah yo i can't believe that the world is so small it is but you know what not a lot of people would take the time to do what you did so that kind of brings me full circle to everything you kind of went through all the trials and tribulations all the money you've made from 15 fucking hundred dollars to four million dollars to god knows how much more you're a good person, right. man, and and I appreciate that as a fan. Uh, yo, I can't. Yo, you just made this whole combo the best combo ever, man. I can't. That's that's, what that's we're doing crazy the right there, man. That's amazing. Wow. I because I was I didn't get a chance to even you know to give him the stuff that I that I had to give him, and they told me Eric the kid passed away. I'm like, no way. Yeah, but you you made a difference while he was here, from what I heard. That right, you know, he was ecstatic. Okay. So I mean, that's really cool, man. And, and okay, I never thought I'd really get a chance to talk to you, but I, I want to now that I now that I am talking, right. I want to let you know that you made okay. an impact on this guy's lives, and you're making an impact right. on our lives today. You know, talking yeah. to us. Hey, hey, listen. Before we get before we get out of here, I got to tell you too, man. Like my grandmother passed away two years ago. Again, this new record is called Vernia, and I promise you, man. You know how when you everybody say this all the time. You know, this is the, this work. I just did some dope work this time. Like people be like, oh, he said the, the album was dope, and you know, I would never want to put my foot in my mouth. But I promise you, if if, if people out there, if I can give them a format of where my mind was at and tell them, like, Raekwon's Cuban Link 2, and at that time, he made what he felt that he wanted to hear and what the people wanted to hear. Not what somebody was doing and what he thought could be cool. He made the purple tape. So, when I was doing this album here, and more special guests than I usually use, but it's not like I was trying to go grab people just to grab them. It was the mode that I was in that was making me say, yo, I'm a call AZ, I'm a call Styles P, I'm a call Big Crit, I'm a call Pharrell, I'm a call Exhibit. Like, these, you know, you hear the names, but it's not like you want to feel that. Right. It's like me having the chronic and it's flowing and there's artists in there. You're um, excited for this you know, one, man. 
and, and even me and me too short and Devin the dude, you, you would never think that it, that would work. You would never think that me, David Banner, and and Exhibit would work. But when I tell you, if anybody knows music and knows what hip hop was, this album, I'm showing it to them again. I promise you. I never. I. I, I this is something that. Again, man, I'm so proud of. I gotta put this in there in case you yeah. forget about the tape or you taping this. But I promise you, this album, right? Oh yeah, even me, Raekwon, and, and Nature. Oh man! Wow. Uh, um, when's this? I mean, I, when's this dropping? And, and, and you hear me name dropping? I never name dropped. No, 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 no. I'm saying because when... I never use special guests like this. Right. But it calls for it. When's the album dropping? Is dropping Thursday is the 25th of November So around that time I'm going to get it coming Okay Now I've also seen Recently on on, on Instagram Because uh, I follow you I follow Apathy I see you guys have been uh, Hanging out together uh, even Paris oh, man, some of those that what's, white what's boy with the beats is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so hey, what, what yo, are you guys doing? Is he gonna I be- never knew about ill building them. I didn't know that other side of underground that they even existed. Like my man put me onto that whole that whole apathy side of boys doing hip hop and they was Primo's friends too and I'm like who are y'all and who taught y'all hip hop <laughs> you did yo I was stuck in the like I was stuck like I was in another I was in in another time zone and this other crew of people existed that was doing some of the dopest shit ever so, 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 is he going to be on this upcoming album of yours, or you guys got another yeah, side, yeah. side project going on? Matter of fact, Abedi produced the the, the title track. Ronnie, my okay. Wyoming, he produced the title track. All right. I got six number one albums, gold and platinum, all from my squad, all from rapping. I'm not concrete rose, whoever asking. E, I start from the hood, whoever casting. Use me as your coming attraction. The thriller, this might resurrect Michael Jackson. What you're hearing is God fearing the words slurred. When I invented, they rented. Read the blogs, they'll tell ya. Mace, Biggie Smalls, just in case, check the walls. It's 70 million records in here. Wind flow, just making it clear. Put me in any predicament, and I'ma keep killing it. When I start, Mr. C, I'ma finish it. Kill it. Death certificate, ice cube, toe tag it, body bag it, the killer shit. Yeah. Wow, so so right after Thanksgiving, man, the holiday's gonna be packed with a lot of gifts this year, man. Look, hey, looking listen, forward to it. But right afterwards, it's the dynamic duos. I got eight. Volume 1 and Volume 2 Every dynamic duo That you know of I made an album With every artist From um, uh, Eternal Reflection That means Oh okay uh, okay. One record Uh I have a record With with, with CNN Record with Showbiz and AG The Beat Nuts UGK Rhythm Ref EPMD, um, Camp Low, uh, Smith and Wesson, Mob Deep, um, Did I also, Salt and Pepper, Ron DMC, um, Dead Presidents, 
This is a cr- Skelter. crazy concept. You have never heard nothing like this in your life. This is coming out on and a double all volume? Be by one person and it happens to be Eric Sermon. Uh, these are unreleased songs? No, these no are brand new records. I made a brand new album, a volume one and a volume two. I made brand new called Dynamic Duos. That means every two rappers that I figured out was Dynamic Duos in history, uh-huh. I made a song. A song for them. And here we are when we start this interview. You're like, hey, anything you want to talk about? Like, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. We'll tell um, stories. You want to hear me say Vernia and Dynamic Duels? Okay, okay. Yes, Damn. Right. It's a great concept, though, man. Shit. What, what label's picking that up? I, it's, it's under me. It's under, you know, everybody has to stream, so it's just through Spotify. Okay. Damn. So, so obviously, you're going to keep it very busy. This year coming up, and if if there's a god out there, I hope fucking Red Man gets his shit straight and comes calling because we all want to hear you guys together. Because you two, I'm glad you understand that too to know that, and he should hear that too. I thought that was common knowledge. Red Man has the ability to still come back and make a crazy impact. Of course, and I, I know, I know, but you saying of course, but the fact that. He doesn't really realize about when you have Eminem still going and you have people out here that still, people got to understand. That's why, listen, man, I'm appreciative for y'all to even give me the interview because I needed somebody like y'all to to get this information through because of the fact that the publications that I'm going to have to talk to will be younger people that might not, where they gave me, they would gave me respect for not knowing me like y'all know me. So when you go out there and express this interview and then talk about the conversation and, and you knowing me, it gets put out the correct way because you're able to ask the questions to um, for me to answer correctly to say, oh, no, we know Eric, so we know what to ask him, and then to put my accolades out there. But don't forget, because I, I hate to be the one to be like, yo, yeah, I did such and such, such and such, such, such. It feels funny, y'all. I've been humble my whole life. Um, Russell Simmons told me when I was 18, Eric, stay humble. That's why I can still be here for 30 years, because if I die tomorrow, only I go. Me making that phone call for that kid, that's nothing. I see Thanksgiving people for the last 15 years. I don't ask nobody for nothing. I give out turkeys. I do coat drives every year from Chicago to New York. I don't ask nobody for a dime. This is what I do because this is just me. People don't know that part of me. I, I, I never was a, a party person. Never saw me in no fucking spot. I never did that. I'm a homeboy. My life is television. Law and order. Fucking blue blood. Fucking you know um um leverage um um fucking criminal. All this stuff is (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Eric, I, all this I got. What I always been. All I gotta say is this was the best Thanksgiving meal I could have ever had. <laughs> I've got like tryptophan coming through my ass. You, you just you filled up the belly tonight. You really, you know, made this a really cool, interesting, and and monumental night for Take a Personal Radio. It, this was an absolute pleasure, man. The, I, the, I don't the passion. Okay, uh, the passion. Next, so is there going to be a date on? Because I want to be able to coincide when y'all pushing it. I, I will. So anybody can watch that I know. Um, you definitely. I'll send you everything. Your honesty is so is so appreciative and, and so refreshing. Um, I, I'm glad that you agree with, with Redman. I always felt like you were Quincy Jones, and he could have been Michael. And, and when Quincy and Michael stopped working, Michael didn't make the same music again. And that's how I feel you right. you and Redman are. Um, so, and I yeah. mean that, you know, obviously, with all due respect to 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 both of you guys. So, I hold you guys in yeah. high regard. Uh- Oh uh, yeah, I, hey, 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 listen. I'm gonna, uh, cause again, in my studio is me, Rockwell, and Ty Feist. And listen, man, all the time we talk about the shit that you say. Now I'm gonna be keeping 100 again. Yeah, I'm staying in the office because I'm kinda upset too. So I'm trying to hold stuff back. But at the end of the day, it's like this too. I don't understand. Because can you imagine if we do create it? That's all I can say. Imagine if you do hear it in this Eric. I think hip hop needs it. I think Red Man needs exactly. it. And I think it's bigger than exactly. you guys. I think it's bigger than you guys. That's the thing. You know, sometimes it takes it takes a long time for someone to, to truly get it. They're maybe they're stuck in their ways, that they're mm-hmm. they hear they hear it from different people in their camp, but I, I do believe and, and, and hold on before you start. Yeah. listen I'm gonna keep 100 with y'all too y'all gotta find the way I found the way to do it because this right here will be a thing that might hold it back if this convo is taken wrong well but also on the flip side, it might also be the thing that's the catalyst that pushes you. Yeah, together. yeah. You know what? And I'm hoping that might be. But you, I understand that too. People are sensitive, and that's what we're dealing with right now too. Everybody ain't ain't like us. But I think it's coming from a good place with good intentions. We all have yeah, we, love we and respect. We always are. Yeah, but, but I think people get that. If you love and respect someone. You could keep it real. It's uh okay. You know that's that's at least what I believe. So I I do hope I got you. when people listen to this that mm. it will uh it will sink in and and I'm sure people out there agree. When you hear Redman on, on the shit like on the Wu Tang, yo Redman was the best on the Wu Tang album, and he's not even fucking Wu Tang. So like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. And I think also with that, to, to, to Jay's point, listen, it's never what you say, it's how you say it. Exactly. And I think when you hear the way we kind of went about this interview with you and how you spoke from the heart, and there's a part of me who feels like you, you're saying something, but just scratching the surface. It runs deep. It's right. between the two of you. It's personal. And I think at the end of the day, if it's said correctly, come on, man, it's like, it's like you guys just left off where you you know where you were. I appreciate it, guys. I really do. I appreciate you saying that a lot. No, seriously. And and believe me, if we got Reggie on the show, we take him for a journey as well. And I think we'd be uh, putting the band aid down. Okay. Well, <laughs> get him on the show. How's that? Yeah, that's what we want. No, seriously. Hey. Appreciate it. This was amazing. 
Thank you so much. I'll uh, I'll text you everything, man. Whatever you need, give me a holler. E Dub, I named myself twice, man. I'm the George Gervin of rap. Call me the Ice Man's. Eric Sherman, the Bandit. Here on Take It Personal Radio. You know how we do? Just the truth. And my boys tell the truth, and we understand the truth. Death Squad, understand it. Peace. Go download your favorite episode at takeitpersonalradio.com.